You may never litter city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him! Welcome to this episode of the Hagman Report. We're coming to you live. That's right, live on this Memorial Day 2016 from our radio and television studios located here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania where we broadcast every Monday through Friday from 7 to p.m. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Our flagship station, Global Star Radio Network. Uh, uh, Todd at the helm there. I want to say thank you so much to Global Star allowing us to get the get the information out even on a holiday he's working double time overtime for certain thank you so much we're also simulcast on blog talk radio you can watch us live and by archive on their youtube channel and, and folks links to both audio and video broadcasting venues can be found on our home base on Hagman and Hagman.com. HagmanReport.com is for show prep, news information, analysis. Doug Hagman at the helm solo tonight. Joe's got the night off. What's wrong with this picture? I'm the senior guy. Shouldn't I have the night off? Nah, want to be with you. I, I can't think of anywhere, anywhere I'd, I'd prefer to be than right here with you, all of you. And, and uh, word has it when, well, when I announced the program today, I must have got, oh, I don't know, a dozen, uh, I'm going to say about a dozen, 10 to 12 anyway, emails saying, hey, you're broadcasting live at our picnic by the pool. So those of you who are grilling it up, swimming, sunning, whatever, Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you lined up tonight. We're, we're gonna dig. I'm gonna dig into some things. That that th- this will be a good show for preparatory 
analysis. This will be a good show to explain sometimes what we have a tendency just to gloss over, maybe don't get into as heavily. You know, things Paul McGuire talks about, makes reference to, things that Russ Dizdar talks about. Now, Russ gets into many, many things very heavily, but, but we reference these things, but really don't spend much time on them. And, you know, I, I think back about 10 years ago and where I was, and, and I look at the, I look at my thought process, and, and I realize how slow, slow up the bat I was. Let me just say this. If that's you, and then this program's for you. Now, if that's not you, if you know all of this, the background, the backdrop, the background, then consider this a refresher and perhaps some information that you maybe didn't know. But folks, the, the mark is on its way. The mark of the beast that's on its way. You know, we've got economic disasters facing us all over the place. We've got, uh, uh, and, and, and I've gone over and over and over and over the agenda of the satanic Luciferian elite. You know, we looking at the landscape today, the, the globalist landscape, or the, the landscape across the world, we're looking at a centralized global control as the only solution. At least that's what they're telling us. That's the only way. It's a problem, reaction, solution. Global economic recession. And basically destruction like the phoenix they've got to take the united states out the g7 just met in japan by the way eric the tech was here and he just said hi to everyone and he's actually (laughs) thanks eric even eric the tech's working on memorial day 2016 plugging me in but um, the G7 this this past week met in Japan and in case you didn't hear about this they are talking well they're, they're talking about the current economic landscape and they're saying hey you know what things are looking just like they did back in 2008 Mm-hmm. When Lehman, with the death of Lehman. But in this case, they're saying, they're indicating that there, there's not going to be any bail, any bailouts. They're going to be bail-ins, and the bail-ins are going to basically consist of you and I and anyone who's got money in the bank. You know, it's it's about time now. So many people have said, boy, the fall of 2016, the third quarter, 2016, going to really create a lot of, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a time of, of 
trouble the summer and leading into the fall. Well, this week is the beginning of June, marks the beginning of June, and of course we're seeing the satanic elite, the satanic temple, temple of Satan now, celebrating 6-6-16 next Monday in L.A., Los Angeles, in that area. We're seeing a convergence of events, and I had spoken to Pastor David Langford, and, and one of the messages, or a message that he got four years ago in 2012 was a message of acceleration after he had fasted. And he had told me this the other day on the phone. He said, you know, things will be accelerating. Now, he was quick to mention, too, when I spoke with him, that acceleration, yes, on the world stage, events on the world stage, absolutely. But he said, don't forget to apply it to yourself, meaning us, you and me. And What does that mean? Well, maybe things, have you noticed, and I'm asking every listener right now, have you noticed things accelerating in your life? I have. It's not just because I'm getting older, but I've seen it. Hmm. Right now we're seeing the, now these are my words now, the arrested development of the Luciferians, the power brokers coming out. They don't, they could care less about you and I. Just their agenda, which we're going to get deep into. Before I do, though, I just want to make mention. Yeah, you know, today is Memorial Day. What's it all about? Is it about picnics and going to the beach? And sure, it is. At least to the millennials. But what's Memorial Day all about? Do you know the history of Memorial Day? Is it necessary that we revisit the history of Memorial Day? Well, we don't have to. But just to understand the meaning. And you can look this up. I mean, it doesn't take... It's it's a federal holiday. Of course, today is Monday. And you feel like it's a Sunday, right? It's a Monday. But it was designated here in the United States for remembering those who died while serving in the country's armed forces. It started out by Decoration Day. That was right after the Civil War. That's when uh, graves of the dead of the Union War were decorated with flowers and wreaths and such. Well, by the next century, by the 20th century, competing Union and Confederate holiday traditions celebrated on different days that merged, and Memorial Day eventually extended to extended to honor all Americans who died while while in the military service. Now, don't and, and Wikipedia nuts this, and do not, uh, for example, confuse this with Veterans Day. It's easily done. 
But Memorial Day is a day of remembering the men and women who died while serving. Now, that automatically made me think of those Navy SEALs shot down in Extortion 17. Charlie Strange and his family. You know, we still haven't gotten any good answers about Extortion 17. The final flight of the the men who died And, and I'd like to dedicate this tonight to, to the memory of, of those who were killed in the deadliest helicopter crash in the history of the U.S. Special Operations. Why? Why did it happen? If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was just a couple of minutes past 2 o'clock in the morning on August 6th of 2011, just south of Kabul, Afghanistan, the rotors of two U.S. Army Chinook helicopters. Well, they began to turn, and there were no lights except for the faint glow of the night vision goggles and the cock- cockpit instrument panels. And two helicopters, call signs extortion 17, extortion 17, and 16, by the way, lifted off, and, 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 and they were headed for a location just 20 miles west the whole thing was kind of fruity, the way it happened, or the, 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 the occupants of the helicopter. Helicopters. Extortion 17, for example. Well. 38 occupants in, in Extortion 17. Never to return. So the, the story is that a Taliban fighter shot down the helicopter with a rocket-propelled grenade, and everyone aboard were killed. Now, this was the single greatest loss of American life in the war in Afghanistan. In that helicopter, Extortion 17, were 38, well, were 30 of the world's most highly trained and experienced commandos 15 men from Gold Squadron of the Naval Special Warfare Department Group. You might know them as SEAL Team 6. And, and don't forget, just a, three months earlier, members of a counterpart SEAL Team 6 squadron, well, they were involved in the raid in Pakistan that killed, allegedly, Osama bin Laden. Of course, that raid and that killing of bin Laden occurred at the very same time of the dust-up regarding the birth certificate of Barack Hussein Obama, the guy in the White House. You know, it's interesting because when you when you do research about Extortion 17... It's difficult to find any print material that does not 
talk about conspiracy theories regarding the shootdown. They assail anything but the official narrative. And, and, and I go back and I look, and it says, well, you know, I mean, some people say, or some authors and prints basically, well, the Taliban were tipped off. It was a trap. It was retribution for the takedown of bin Laden. But right away, it's, oh, no evidence has emerged to support any of these claims. And they always they always come out and say, well, two rigorous U.S. military investigations, well, they followed the movement, every movement of the mission to determine what went wrong, and, and, and everything just, it was just a tragic accident. It was just a tragic event. Nothing more, nothing more to see here. Yeah, it's not true, though. We know it's not true. Perhaps Memorial Day 2016. Is much like or could be compared to the memory of the occupants or the, the dead soldiers of Extortion 17. Captured and taken down from within. Infiltrated and taken down from within. And that's exactly what's happening with our country today. I want you to think and pray, please, for those people in the service and those, you know, we often are quick to, to paint with broad brushes about, uh, soldiers, police officers. Isn't it funny sometimes how we, how we just do that, how we make generalizations and say, well, there are, you know, the police officers, they're all bad. The feds, if you're a fed, you, you got to be, you know, you got to be in on the conspiracy. No, no you don't. No, you don't. And, and, and I think the members of SEAL Team 6, to me anyway, represent quality individuals who believed in the country, of the, their country, the United States, and who were attempting to to do the right thing, be patriotic, be make a difference, be everything that that they should stand for or should have stand, stood for. And uh, those are the, the 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 patriots who we honor today, the dead. It's sad because we see, and, and I don't know how many people have out there have, have seen the desecration of memorials of, of late, this Memorial Day. And you might think it's it's not really a big deal, a memorial, for example, um, of, um, the Vietnam Memorial lot in, I believe it was California, desecrated with graffiti but it, it it's a symptom ladies and gentlemen this is a symptom 
Infowars <coughs> Infowars had a, a Mark Dice, of course, you know you know Mark Dice, right? Uh, they they ran one of Mark Dice's videos. Now, I've got mixed feelings about these videos because you can go. Um, uh, it depends on who you ask and where you ask these questions. But the headline on Infowars is Americans have no idea what Memorial Day is. San Diegans think military holiday is about LGBT issues. Neil Armstrong, emancipation, and so on. Okay, and I look at this, and I don't know about you, but but you folks, I look at this, and we look at this, and I can go out and find the most ridiculous. I mean, people in the, and get the most ridiculous explanations. It depends on on who you ask, and where you ask it. I mean, you can always, there are mind-numb zombies out there. And we're going to be getting into this. As the program unfolds, I I really want to take you down this road of not just who the power brokers are and what their agenda is, but the methods that they use. But back to what I was saying, um... It's it's ridiculous. The dumbing down of Americans is just is obvious. But I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine. Can you imagine, folks? If you're listening to this, and I know those people are listening to this know exactly what Memorial Day is all about. But but let me ask this to you. Would your son or your daughter have a hard time understanding? Or would they say, well, yeah, Memorial Day, oh, yeah, that's about freeing the slaves and the end of the Civil War. You know, I don't think so. Infowars goes in, goes on. A woman, uh, or I'll just back up here a little bit. A man wearing a red shirt and a hat. Uh, well, let me back up even more. When Mark Dice asked San Diegans what they thought about the what they thought the military holiday was about, the the response was just all over the place. He he first asked a young lady. So what's the purpose of Memorial Day? She refused to even come up with an answer, saying, do I, do I have to do this? Another man is, told, is then told that Memorial Day is about celebrating the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and the inclusiveness of the LGBT community. And the guy says, yeah, well, I love the LGBT community. I'm all about it. Yeah. Dice asked another another guy, you know, what what what's the purpose of Memorial Day? His response, no clue. That's my answer. And, and somebody else says, well, I'm going to have to sit down and think about it before I could really tell you what it's all about. Do you know people like that? 
maybe it's your periphery, but I don't think the people listening to this this program would would say, "Oh yeah, I, yeah, I know," because I'm sure you you folks have sent them straight. A man, and this goes on, and it's rather disheartening, but but a guy wearing a red shirt and a hat agrees that it was right for the government to cancel NASA's annual Memorial Day celebration of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. I mean, this is how ridiculous this gets. And, and a woman, of course, what does Memorial mean to you? It's, it's a day off work on a Monday. And then she agrees that the government is right to cancel that holiday if it's in the best interest of the country. You see how mind-numbed people are? True celebrations about our heritage, it's in decline. They're in decline. How many many people out there visited a gravesite today? Of, of your fallen, of, of anyone who, who is a fallen soldier. How many? Numbers thrown around suggest less than 5%. Based on a 2000 Gallup poll, only two thirds of America knew exactly what Memorial Day was all about. Eleven years later, a survey found that some 80% of Americans had confessed to having little or only some knowledge of the holiday itself. Well, there you have it. Of course, don't worry. Politics will save us. Politicians will save us. Hey, you and the T-shirt, uh, I'll take that. It looks pretty good. That Hamburg there looks pretty good. Okay, you know, put some cheese on it. And I see another person flipping a flipping a steak. Boy, I haven't seen a porterhouse in a long time. I'm just kidding. Of course, going along with the going along with the celebrations of Memorial Day, thank you so much for bringing me out to your picnic. And for those who are home alone, no party, no grill, it's okay too. I look around here, I don't see a grill. I don't see any fixins. <laughs> Just Lady the Studio Dog napping by my feet. Pretty heavy. Pr- pretty heavy uh, program tonight. Because I do believe this will be our last Memorial Day before changes. What kind of changes? I'm talking about changes in the way we do things, in the way we celebrate holidays. There's a lot of time, a lot of real estate between now and next Memorial Day of 2017. It's going to come quickly. But we still have some time. And, And I do believe that there will be some changes to the extent where this country will not look like it does today. Well, and you might say, well, geez, yeah, so what? But, you know, I hope it doesn't look like it does today. Maybe we can make it better. Well, yeah, I do too. 
but that's going to have to come from the bottom up, not from the top down. And I, it was this past weekend, folks, and I, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. And don't forget, today's Monday. Okay, you got to think about this now. Those people who, who had work off, to, just keep reminding yourself, today's Monday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. It's easy to get caught up thinking today's Sunday, right? I was speaking with some people this past weekend and talking about things and talking about some, uh, talking about the politics of, about Trump and about uh, Clinton and about Sanders and about the conventions and, well, there's a lot of hope out there by people, from people who believe that uh, that Trump will win, and of course he'll make a difference. He'll reverse some executive orders and such. And I'm not, so, folks. I don't know how you feel. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Um, looking at looking heavily and studying very very heavily into this research, doing a lot of research this past weekend as well. I'm not sure we are going to. I'm not sure it's going to be normal. I guess things. I don't. I don't know if things are going to be normal. I do expect. Uh, and I was speaking also with a. Uh, I was speaking also with a, a, a police officer from a nearby city in, in Cleveland, or near Cleveland, who just got back from a uh, a lengthy course in riot control. Here's information from this individual. I'll just call him Jay. He said, uh, we, we spent, uh, and, and, and this was direct, I mean, face-to-face meeting. He said, we spent two weeks, well, actually ten days, um, training on certain riot gear, using acoustical weapons, using tasered uh, riot shield, riot, you know, riot shields with tasers, using pepper spray, Rubber bullets and beanbags fired from guns. He was told by the Department of Homeland Security, who sponsored the training, DHS sponsored the training, he was told that, told to expect de- uh, uh, riots and the possibility that he would have to shoot the, the, the people if, if they were, if they rioted and attacked. I don't know how else. I mean, that's pretty blunt. That's just the way it was, or the way, you know, he said. Um, and of course, we're going to be up there covering the, uh, covering the outside of the, outside of the, uh, conventions. Multiple, uh, Republican and Democrat. But they intend to beef up security and it's going to be pretty tight. This, uh, there was discussion according to Jay at the DHS training course that they do fear for the safety of the RNC candidates or the RNC uh, delegates and they fear for the safety of those attending and including and especially the presumptive nominee at this point it's uh, Donald Trump as if that's news right but when you hear it from 
a source like that. So you got you got to know that they're expecting uh, problems. And, and he gave me some words of advice. He said, "Look, don't get caught up, and it will be easy if you do plan on attending." And this goes for everyone. You could get caught up in, in a situation where you're you're on virtual lockdown, even if you're in an open air location. Meaning to say. You might not be able to cross Euclid Avenue, for example, or wherever. It doesn't matter if you get a press pass unless you've got the credentials, the law enforcement credentials, you might, you might be stuck where you're at until things settle down. I've heard some other Things about the uh, Democratic Convention. However, uh, I'm trying to authenticate that information and speak to someone who is uh, being trained there as well, and I'll have more for you on that later. But with respect to, to the Republican Convention, you can expect... Oh, oh, and the other thing, too, is they're expecting upwards of 500 people who have been paid for directly from the... Um, I want to be very careful when I say this, the organizations who are Soros-related organizations, all right? Um, Black Lives Matter, for example, a number of people, a number of people from uh, other groups related to that will be up there as well. Maybe we'll meet and interview some of those. And of course, Obama did today for Memorial Day, just back to back up a little bit. You know, he he did, uh, of course, make a, a token few words. But um, let's not forget that, uh, like his predecessors, he is playing golf and, well, while, while veterans are dying at an alarming rate. All right. I just want to round that out with Memorial Day and some other issues that are related to upcoming things. This week, we have a good week lined up for you. Wednesday, Paul McGuire is going to be with us. That's June 1st. Thursday, Pastor author, spokesperson, Carl Gallops. This is going to be on with us on Thursday. And Friday will be Steve Quayle and Tom and Nita Horn. Tuesday, of course, Stan Dale, tomorrow, second, or last hour. Full week. So Wednesday, the 1st of June, Paul McGuire is going to be sitting with us spending the entire show talking about uh, what's going on in Los Angeles on 6616 which we will get into Carl Gallops on Thursday and then Steve Quayle Tom and Nita Horn they're going to be an extremely important program information that you don't really have um So tune in. Emails coming in fast and furiously. 
Um, just got an email. Thank you so much for this. Speaking of the uh, RNC and DMC, or DNC. This emailer is on the Hazmat and Special Response Team for DHS. We're going to saturate the RNC more than the DNC. They're going, in fact, um, RNC in full riot gear. And they're preparing for a much more violent time than Ferguson. So consider that. It's an all-out war, folks. An all-out war coming up to a town, to Cleveland, Very interesting. And again, I want to thank everyone who's joining joining us now for uh, on your Memorial Day weekend. If you're having a picnic, thanks for bringing me along. No place I'd rather be than with you folks tonight. News, other news, and on the top of the hour, we're going to get, I'm going to get deep into the end game of the New World Order and how quickly it's going to come upon us. But to round up, round out this hour, I just want to touch a little bit. You know, it seems like the headlines of the murdered gorilla have been dominating the news. I mean, it, it's a horrible, horrible uh, series of events. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, you can find the headlines everywhere where there's there's a video of, of uh, a gorilla. It's a 400-pound gorilla who was fatally shot after a four-year-old boy crawled past the railing fell 15 feet into the gorilla exhibit moat and uh, ultimately the gorilla was shot and killed a 17 year old gorilla named Harambi and um, well this happened by the way in Cincinnati and in it's interesting because the the reaction to this. You know what? There's greater reaction about the murder of the gorilla, which, by the way, is tragic. Then there there's then there is reaction to the the uh, you know the abortions that occur every day. Now I I get I understand I do fully understand about I mean it, the gorilla. Something like this doesn't happen every day. But abortions do. But isn't it interesting how the mind has been trained, we have been trained, to care more about animals than unborn children. And I believe when I'm looking at this, and and why am I even talking about this? Well, it's because of a particular mindset of people, of Americans, or people in the West. About, about animals and, uh, 
And believe me, I love dogs. I love my dog. And I would, I mean, I, I just, I mean, for goodness sakes, nothing. I would want nothing to happen with my dog. And I love animals, too. And it saddens me about the gorilla. However, in, in relative to way th- the way things are, Shouldn't we be caring a little bit more about about our fellow human beings, and, and especially the unborn children, than a gorilla? And again, I look. I'm talking about perspective. That's all. Just perspective. And I know things happen. I know that when you have young children, I know things happen. Kids get away from you. You look away for a second. Man, bam, they're gone. But something tells me that it would take a little doing for uh, a four-year-old to circumvent the enclosures and the preventative measures that the zoo would have had I mean it's not like you just open a gate and walk in and you know drop down no no no. anyway so I I, I, I said that only because the the mother who was there the parents who were there saying well you know hey And, and even the zoo is trying to do some damage control but at this point, I mean, aside from putting in perspective the murder of this gorilla or the killing of this gorilla versus what we see taking place all around us every day, what we acknowledge but really never push, the wholesale slaughter of innocence, I mean, in that perspective, I just see this as just a, well, it's a, it's a sign of the times. There's news of this disfiguring tropical disease that's sweeping across the Middle East. I don't know how many people have seen this. If you've seen photographs of this very disfiguring tropical disease, they're, <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. The, the medical authorities are saying, well, it's, it's, a, it's a result of a number of things. It's a breakdown of the healthcare facilities in ISIS-occupied areas. It's a parasite, actually, in the bloodstream that's transmitted through sand fly bites. The disease results in horrible open sores, skin lesions. You, you look at it, and, and you look at the pictures, and it's like, it's a almost like a rotting of flesh. It, it's been endemic in Syria for centuries and was once commonly known as Aleppo evil. But when you take the, the the Syrians out of Syria because of the interaction by the U.S. and Western intelligence agencies through civil war, through causing this, well, what do you get? You're importing this, all of these diseases that were once only um privy to or only existed in uh, Syria. So now we're seeing it come really everywhere. It's being spread everywhere. 
and, and you, you've got to know that the serious healthcare system devastated by all of the turmoil, the conflict, the war. But where did this war come from? Well, obviously, we know the answer to that. This is just kind of icing on the globalist cake. This epidemic is spreading in refugee camps and certainly is expected to hit the United States. Anyway, just to, just to let you know, as we run up to, uh, as we run up to the, uh, the elections, Hillary, Hillary Rodham, Diane Rodham Clinton. Um, she appears to be outrunning the prosecution, whether it be the email, uh, email investigation, whether it's the Benghazi criminal actions. She appears to be adeptly handling the FBI, the Justice Department. Of course, that's not too hard to do when they're on your side anyway. If you look back in, in the news this past week, you, you'll you'll see that there were depositions, a couple of depositions taken about Hillary's email issues. Some interesting statements that were made by assistants, by low-level assistants, Bottom line, yeah, there, there's a problem. But, uh, again, the bottom line is the fact that uh, she'll outrun, it would appear, she will outrun all of these scandals, these criminal actions. And if you don't believe me, I, I go back to the cover and the calendar in the 2016 Economist. Don't forget Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton is the only person on the cover of that magazine, which tells me in in, in the aggregate, in in totality, as I've investigated and researched and looked at all the possibilities, I don't know. I don't know if if Trump will make it. And when I say that, I'm not talking, I I would say he would legitimately make it. Yes, absolutely. He, he, He would be voted in absent of hanky-panky and shenanigans, or something even worse. What I'm saying is, yeah, that's a real possibility to me. In my analysis, investigative analysis, and looking at looking at how, again, looking at the arrested development of the Luciferian elite, yeah, I wouldn't put anything past the operatives. The tactics... Tactics are coming up because you're seeing it, the tactics being used right now. Johnny Depp, (laughs) does that name ring a bell? What movie? Well, the Alice in Wonderland movies and and, and other, well, what movie did uh, Johnny Depp uh, just play in? I'm, I'm, uh, help me out here. 
uh, something to do with uh, Alice, right? You, you see, and of course he's involved in a scandal with Amber Heard, the divorce. But the reason I bring him up, and in fact, I was listening to another uh, radio broadcaster this past Saturday, Saturday night. He was talking about Johnny Depp and about uh, uh, how Hollywood is actually helping to form and frame our perception. And again, next hour, I'll get deep into that. But anyway... If you look at his uh, resume, for example, the IMDb, the International Movie Database, why is this important? Because we know that news is really entertainment in a sense. The powers that exist behind the curtain are using headlines to send messages I know how gloomy that sounds. My goodness, you know, put him up in a straitjacket. But the uh, they are doing a lot to send messages through headlines, but the headlines perhaps are not exactly what you think they mean. And, of course, the entertainment industry is uh, is actually being used to send the real news or news And isn't it interesting that, that uh, Johnny Depp is in the news now and, of course, of the movie I was trying to think, Alice Through the Looking Glass. It just came out. Alice returns to the whimsical world of Wonderland and travels back in time to save the Mad Hatter. And, of course, the movie kind of bombed in its opening. Johnny Depp playing the lead char- character, and now, of course, he's involved in some... Interesting events. What's that tell us? What what does that have to do with anything we're talking about? Have you lost your mind, Doug? Well, no, I believe, as, as some others do as well, what we're seeing here is a series of, of real-time, through-the-looking-glass events. We're looking at transhumanism. We're looking at mind control. We're looking at the continuation and the refinement of various products or projects from years ago now accelerating and there's that word again accelerating or being accelerated to to a, to an end the end is as i stated at the beginning of the show the mark of the beast it's on its way it's going to come through economic disaster at least at the epicenter It's going to come through a centralization of, uh, well, global control will be the only solution to our economic woes. It, because, you see, the economic disaster, the economic takedown is not going to be just in America. It's going to be throughout the world. It's going to be worldwide. So we've got to create a worldwide solution, and in comes the one world economic order. The, and, and think about this as we are minutes from the top of the hour. Think about this. You know 
associated with the events of 9-11, there were many headlines, much talk about a global economic recession right before 9-11. Go look through the newspapers. Watch the accounts on television. And 9-11 happened. And at the epicenter of 9-11, or 9-11, it solidified. 9-11 was a tool, in my view, that used trauma based mind control to get everyone to accept the fact that we in the West and in in America in particular we we're going to need to conform we are going to need to conform to a global system you see mind control is at the really root is at the real root of, of all of this. Trauma-based mind control is at the root of our, at least in my view, our edge, or, uh, um, well, it's being used to convince us that we need to accept this savior, this global savior. And a large part of that is, is the economic part of it. Don't forget New York City, the most talked about location of of, of all locations on 9-11, striking the, the heart of the American economy at the World Trade Center, bringing both towers down. And we know that 9-11 was really a satanic ritual. We know that 9-11 was Was not nothing about 9/11. Was really what it seemed, or very little, and it was planned in far in advance. And but trauma-based mind control, laying the groundwork for the next, well, for the remainder of the show to tell you exactly why we're seeing things happen in the way that they're happening. So for those who understand. And I use this phrase again, the arrested development and the the perversion of the Luciferians. This will be a a refresher and also go deeper into it. And for those who have no clue, hang tight, because you're going to get, I think, a good education. Folks, you're listening to Doug Hagman flying solo on this Memorial Day. May God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining me. Stay right where you're at. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. 
Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Staying by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this Memorial Day edition, right here, Memorial Day 2016, Doug Hagman flying solo, joining, thank you so much for asking me into your backyards, into your homes, into your offices, into your diners, yeah, into your squad car. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. And I just want to say, give a very special thanks to Global Star Radio Network. They are just class act. I'm going to tell you right now for, uh, for doing everything that they're doing. I just want to say thank you so much for allowing us to have the, uh, to have the means in which to get information out. You might not have heard about this, but a former Zurich Insurance CEO, Martin Sen, he reportedly killed himself here within the last couple of, uh, a couple of days. Switzerland, Switzerland's Zurich Insurance Group. It says that the former chief executive, Martin Sen, who ran the company for six years until last December, has killed himself. It, it, that particular incident comes three years, exactly three years, well, three years after the company's then chief financial officer also killed himself. Man, right? Um, his family informed the media that Martin took his life, Martin's son took his life last Friday. And the company refused, said they're not going to make any further comments out of respect to Martin Sen and his family. Now, Sen was a Swiss national, 59 years old. He departed the CEO at the end of last year, saying that there had been some setbacks in recent months. But overall, the country, the, the company, was in good shape. If you don't think that these are suspicious, even if this was just a normal suicide, okay, the statistical anomalies associated with the deaths, strange deaths of CFOs, CEOs, key people. Now, this is a big deal. And this should be a flashing red light in your rearview mirror or, or a flashing red light ahead of you saying, hey, Something is horribly wrong. Pay attention. Many other headlines we can get into, but again, I want to get really deep into the the root cause. Um, 
of of really what we're seeing take place. And I got a I got an email here. Let me um, that was right before the break. This from Stephen D. Thank you so much. He writes this. Recently read an article from Dave Hodges about Ames, Ames recently dealing with Jade Helm 15 and UX training here in America. R- read this last week on the commonsensio.com and, and there's a lot of great information Dave has uncovered and I've been, uh, I have been corresponding with, with Dave, talking with him and, and, uh, about certain things and we're, we're trying to eke out, map out, I should say, a timeline and the most probable scenario, the, the catal, catalytic events that'll take place. It's kind of like looking through a glass darkly. We can see the puzzle pieces, but exactly where they fit and which piece will go down first, you know, we don't really know. We don't have a good handle on it. However, writes Stephen D. He said, um, after reading and, and listening to the Common Sense Show, uh, this gentleman, Stephen, went to Crawfordsville, Indiana, to a specific store. During his visit there, he ran across an American Red Cross worker. He started asking him some questions about what they were doing. He confirmed he confirmed FEMA and the American Red Cross are working together with these drills that we've been talking about. They're looking for other volunteers to help and eventually work for them. Here's what we're getting in totality. They are looking to have these FEMA camps, and, and you might not know them. Most, many people wouldn't know them as FEMA camps. In, in fact, FEMA camps has, has a negative connotation. Oh my goodness, they're going to you know lock us all up, and don't make light of that. I, I mean, just think about what would happen during Katrina with respect to the uh, the stadium. Okay, I mean. <laughs> Don't make light of this. Imagine the overlay of a, of a of a global economic takedown, and people without homes and without jobs and without food. Supply disruptions everywhere, not just in one place, but supply disruptions everywhere. This is what we're we're being prepared for, in my view. This is exactly what we're being prepared for. And now is the time. And let me urge this for Christians. If you're a Christian out there, or if you're just, it doesn't matter. I mean, I would urge everyone to shore up their personal security. Personally, I've, I've talked to my wife. I've talked to my daughter. I've talked to my, I've talked to many people I care about and advise them to really shore up your personal security, whether it's at home or on at your job or on your way to your job. I know here with me, um, I've seen some things recently that, that trouble me a great deal. Now, it doesn't mean that there's been any incidents, but I've seen things that make me make me scratch my head and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Something is, is just very wrong. And maybe you, you're in the audience. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to promote hysteria or paranoia. 
But I, I really believe that everyone should take notice of your surroundings. Now is the time to prepare. And it doesn't matter, too. And then I, I got a couple of emails this weekend about the pre-trip, post-trip rapture thing. Look, that doesn't matter, okay? What matters is if there's a supply disruption, even for a storm or whatever, or if there, or if, if there's a, a flash mob or it, it, none of this matters. What matters is you are prepared as best you can be. And none of us are going to be prepared like we should be. None of us. Unless you really have your, your act together, you've got a lot of money. A lot of time. A lot of help. We can only do the best we can and then trust God for the rest. But the way we see things, the way I see things, based on, on my evaluation here, tells me that we're, we're close to an event horizon. Multiple event horizons that I think will, will begin with the economic collapse. And don't forget, I had stated before the break, the we are being prepared um, through trauma-based mind control of a problem, that being the economic collapse, the reaction, which is going to be horrendous, by those who are not awake and the solution which will be this global economic system that we're going to we're, we're going to need to fight back against but so what of this how does for example when when I do research and, and I look at events analytically as an investigator and I'm thinking to myself wait a minute you know could this be could we be seeing the end game and I think we are of a series of conspiratorial events taking place, and I think they think we are. I want to better understand what's going on. The techniques for psychological manipulation is what we're seeing right now. Whether it be the movies like the movie I spoke about Johnny Depp in the news. Alice Through the Looking Glass just released. We're seeing a psychological manipulation. It, it's, it's as old as humanity itself. Um, this was done, the psychological manipulation was done in, in antiquity with feudal lords to preserve and consolidate their power. And they forever used punishment and torture as agents of change. And this is exactly what we're seeing. And this is so important, folks. I really, really ask that you understand this. And once you understand this, things will be a lot, things will look a lot clearer to you. Now, there are numerous in preparation for tonight's broadcast, there were numerous source materials that I've, I've tapped. For example, Brotherhood of Darkness, Stan Monteith, uh, Technocracy Rising, Patrick Wood, Transhumanism, 
or I'm sorry, Trans Evolution by Daniel Estelin. Um, Tavistock Institute by Dan Estelin. Articles, numerous articles, and numerous other books. But Again, even even millennia ago, the conscious application as divide and conquer tools aided the ruling classes. That's what 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 happened. That's what we saw, or when we study history, that, that's what we recognize. That. When the feudal lords, when the people in power wanted to consolidate their power and, and, and to shore it up, they used punishment and torture as agents of change. And it was not the techniques necessarily, but the conscious application of the divide and conquer tools which aided their efforts and those people behind it. No matter how anti-human or how perverse a particular technique or therapeutic approach might be, it itself, by itself, in and of itself, is not, or it, it's not counterinsurgency. See, counterinsurgency cannot proceed merely on horrors. It requires conscious and systematic application by the ruling class or its dupes. And this was achieved by fusing psychology and psychiatry back in the 1930s. So what we're seeing today, when we, especially when we talk about um, trauma-based mind control and, and how the masses will be convinced to comply, this is, this is the, the key. We saw really... In modern times, the first massive application of psychology as a conscious weapon in Nazi Germany, especially when it came to eugenics. And, and this is important because um, eugenics, it, it played upon the most backward of Aryan, you know, the high Aryan illusions held by and imposed on portions of the people. You see, when when the... While the cause and development of Nazi butchery stemmed wholly from the world economic collapse back then. You see, it was economic collapse back then, the Weimar Republic. Well, its specific form, eugenics, was devised by the Nazis' favorite people, the psychiatrists. And ever since then, the science of the mind has been converted into the craft of mind destruction. Now, this is, again, this is really critical to understand because what we, what is, what's taking place right now is we are being mind controlled. We're being mass controlled, mass mind controlled to accept the changes that are coming. And, and folks, you might think, oh, I, 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 you know, 
prayer. I, I've got, I'm strong in prayer. I've got a strong constitution, a will. I can recognize when I'm getting played. But even some of the most, and I dare say this, even some of the most strong people can be duped. Even some of the most prayerful people can be duped. This is why it's so important to understand the techniques and really what's behind what we're seeing today. It's mind control through mind construction or destruction and behavior modification, pseudoscience in the name of aversion therapy, pseudoscience to foster a normalcy bias that is absolutely well, it's not, it's not rational. We should note, and Daniel Estelin points this out, that the conversion of the mind science was shaped by war. The, the war of mental genocide waged by the, by the powers against the working class. What we're talking about here, that's the essential premise of well, I, I talk about this all, all, all the time. The Tavistock Institute. The essential premise of the work of Tavistock is the premise that certain kinds of democratic institutions represent far more efficient means for fascist dictatorship than the authoritarian, authoritarian models. You know, from the great oil hoax and the CIA-style brainwashing, the psychological sciences, they followed the same route that was outlined at first initially by, in 1945, by Dr. John Rawlings Reese. He was the grand master of psychological warfare counterinsurgency. And again, you might say, well, what does this have to do with anything? Well, it's got a lot to do with everything because what we're seeing is mind control on a massive scale. And we're identifying, here it is, I'm identifying the individuals behind it and the playbook that they're using in in the shaping of psychiatry by war. John Rawlings Reese called for the development of psychiatric shock troops. Now think about that psychiatric shop troops in order to develop methods of political control based on driving the majority of the human population towards psychosis. How? Through procedures of so-called programmed behavioral modification. He proposed this to render the population submissive under the post-World War II economic world order. You see, when when I say there's nothing new under the sun, when I mention that, truly, there's nothing new under the sun. This has been tried, and now it's being refined. This has been done, and now it's being done again. What was done before on a regional, I suppose we could say this on a regional level, is now being done on a global scale. John Rawlings Reese told a group of U.S. Army psychiatrists back in 1945, right after the close of the Second World War, if we 
propose to come out into the open and attack the social and national problems of our day, we're going to have to we're going to have to have shock troops, and these cannot be provided by psychiatry based wholly in institutions, for example. We're going to have to have mobile teams of psychiatrists who are free to move about and make contacts with local situation situations in their particular area. Do you see what's taking place here? You've heard of clergy response teams. Well, what about psychiatrist response teams because when the proverbial stuff hits the fan and it will and whether it's merely merely economic in nature or whether it's economic combined perhaps with a terrorist event or events or maybe the assassination of political leaders or maybe a dirty bomb or something There will be mental, well, there will be trauma, mental trauma, much like 9-11. Now it's going to be refined even, even more. That logic is pretty clear. When you look at a complete transformation of society along the lines of rational selection, but, you know, I don't know, there's a lot that can be said about all of this, including those people who say, well, only a conspiracy, for example, of psychiatrists could build a society where it's possible for people of every social group to have treatment when they need it, even when they don't want it. You've got to take a look at John Rawlings Reese to understand that he dedicated his life to create this cabal. His reasoning methods rely consciously on the destruction of the mental life of world society in a really a baton death march into a world of universal sadism. And within this lies their affinity. Men as mindless beasts whose minds, according to Tavistock now, are something to be manipulated and destroyed. So, we've talked about this before. And and again, in the context of what is coming on the event horizon, in order not to get caught up in this, but to identify those who already are, and among that group not only those who already are but as Russ Dizdar talks about those who are programmed already and who walk among us they're there we better be able to identify them and understand what's going on because if we don't we could ourselves become a casualty a statistic even though we think hey we're prayed up we're prepped up we're ready to rock Something does happen. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, you know, as best I can be. Well, perhaps tonight some insight 
might give you some ammunition to fight against the psychological warfare that was developed at Tavistock. And the central features of activities of a worldwide set of interlocking think tanks that we see that is Tavistock. The psychological warfare that we're being captive to. And and we see this. See, I, I believe that Obama is the subject of mind control. I believe that many of our leaders are the subjects of mind control. I'm not talking about the, the people who actually perform mind control, although some do in their roles as captives. But they're captives themselves. And that's perhaps that's why the pushback of with, with with Donald Trump because he he may not be in that category yet, either as a captive or as a handler. Yet people who have spent any time inside the Beltway at Foggy Bottom or inside the bowels of Congress or the damp and dank parts of the Pentagon know that mind control exists. And if, you, if you're about ready to turn this off because, oh, this is just too far out for me. Think think about that. Think, think again. Open your mind up a little bit more. Because we, we see it. You can see it. You can see it. We, we talk about psychological warfare. This is what we're talking about. It's ways that we are being made to be afraid. And in order to be afraid, whether it be of a terrorist attack or the Zika virus or, or, or some flesh-eating virus from Syria, or, or who knows, war, They've got to know our psyche, what makes us react. Tavistock and the companies associated with Tavistock and the people, they needed, need and needed to understand how we will react under stress. Are we going to fight harder? Or are we going to just roll over and say, ah, okay, I'm done? Are we going to begin making errors in judgment? (laughs) Playing right into the hands of the enemy? Or or, or what's going to happen? See, many of the the, the worst mistakes of psychological warfare operations are always those made in the ignorance of an enemy's mindset. Think about that for a second. Because really, and as Dan Estelin points out in Tavistock Institute, his book, that would imply a very deep knowledge of, of the human psychology by John Rees shock troops. It's kind of a, I don't know, black art, if you will. And since what we are experiencing right now as I, and I've said this before, perception is reality. Since we're experience, experiencing right now a war of perceptions, a war of world views, 
It's critically important that the psychologists and the psychiatrists and the sociologists and the social workers, the people who work for Tavistock, the, that they understand the impact of art, music, literature, movies, films, literature, what we read, what we see, and really the, the gambit of cultural modes of expression. We had Peter Lavenda on not too long ago, and he wrote, he's the author of Sinister Forces. If you take, if you have his books, uh, specifically the trilogy that comprise Sinister Forces, he, he wrote this. He said, eventually the temptation will, ar- will arise to test some of these principles on the domestic population. What Peter Lavender was saying was, you take a group like the Tavistock Institute and you, and you test certain mind control techniques on the population. After all, with whose mindset are we the most familiar with but our own? What better place, really, to test new theories of psychological warfare than among the native population? And this is really what I really want to make sure everyone understands. You know, we we had talked about Jade Helm. Remember that? Dave Hodges talked about it. Others talked about it. What was Jade Helm? It was it was harvesting the mind, in a way. And there will be people out there, and some credible to to others, who who believe, who, who, who I don't know. I guess they believe themselves if if they're not mind numb themselves, who will say, "See, nothing happened with Jade Helm." Dave Hodges, Hagman, Jones, all these people, they're just nuts. They're conspiracy nuts. But wait a minute. Man, look. That's, that doesn't even scratch the surface. Because to say that, to me, reflects and I don't mean to be mean, but it reflects this and a level of idiocy that that's staggering to to have someone say, "Well, see Jade Helm was a big nothing. All you people out there were just just getting people scared and frightened for nothing. Well, first of all, it wasn't to to, to, to cause fear for anyone, but see what what was here's the thing. Mapping the human domain, the mental aspect of this, of Jade Helm, as one example of many, in and of itself, was an operation. And when we look at the, the, the where we're at today, Going back to John Rawlings Rees, he said back at, in 1945, 
And don't forget, he was the father of the Tavistock Institute and talking about the, um, talking about mental conditioning. He wrote back and said back in 1945 that wars are not won by killing one's opponents, but by undermining or destroying their morale while maintaining their own. Have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Kurt Lewin? Lewin was the head, the father, the head of a group of uh, control groups, people, whatever. He was one of Reed's first recruits who began his uh, career at Cornell, where he worked on a... uh, uh, systematic series of studies of the effect of the social pressure on the eating habits of kids. He came to the United States back in 1933. He was a refugee of Nazi Germany. Now, like many other German intellectuals, he was forced out of Germany, not because of his political differences, but as a sacrifice to Hitler's divide-and-conquer anti-Semitism. You see, Lewin, in fact, is is noted for his refinement of the Nazi-formulated leaderless group technique into this very sophisticated tool of counterinsurgency. Lewin, his work is related to psychological warfare programs. When showing proper relations between or or the relationships between the psychological warfare and and target setting and field operations and reconnaissance his first overt assignment was to utilize group decision making in changing food preferences away from meat toward whole wheat bread as substitutes and once more you might think what is this you know what What are you talking about? And why are you talking about this? Well, when you look at these various components of psychological warfare, you can look about you today, look at the news, and look at the movies, and look at the print, and look at the Internet, and look at everyone that is giving you this information, information of any kind. And you can see this taking place right before your very eyes. We are being conditioned and prepped through a series of trauma events, like 9-11, like Afghanistan and Iraq and all of these in in the economy. It's not to say these aren't happening or didn't happen, but these are being used to formulate shape and to manipulate your mind to cause behavior modification, which will make you more pliable, a more pliable subject in the hands of those people who want to take your stuff, your life, your soul, your kids, literally. One of the one of the main ways for breaking morale through uh, a strategy of terror, and this was what we've seen over the years, it consists in exactly this tactic. You keep the person hazy as to where he stands and just what he might expect. And then 
if in addition frequent vacillations between severe dissonant uh, dissonant yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sorry severe dissonant <laughs> you know what I'm talking about those measures <laughs> And promises of reward for or good treatment, together with a spreading of contradictory news, well, that all makes the, the cognitive structure unclear. You know what I'm saying? It's like this. If you switch between uh, dis, uh, discipline measures, And promises of good treatment amidst a sea of contradictory news. You push a person toward one or the other. This creates this mental fog. And under those conditions, even those of us who believe we are awake and understand what's going on, well, and we've got goals and we're ready to to saddle for battle. We will be suffering from a paralysis of analysis. We're going to be paralyzed for uh, through severe inner conflicts with respect to what to do. We see this take place, haven't we, about what the Christian response should be? If someone kicks your door down or someone threatens your family, this is tipple, tipple. And you know something, folks? I don't drink, and I have not had a drink today. Okay. Tipple. Typical Tavistokian, Tavistokian tactics. It's a common psychopathological feature of all fascist demand is inf- is is becoming like an infant, infant who defines himself by his attempts to impose the principle of the autonomous extended family to to block out the reality of the outer world in other words nationalism racialism language groups cultural affinity groups community and such and I'm I'm referring back to Lewin, Kurt Lewin he was the first to realize through surveillance or observation of his groups that the imposition of fascist like forms of small group organization structural reforms could induce a fascist ideology in a subject population are we not seeing this form today? Hmm. You know, in a sane and moral society, they they throw Lewin into a loony bin. But instead, he he was given 
money. He was funded. He was given U.S. citizenship. He was given a grant from the Rockefeller Foundation and the Rockefellers to craft social engineering uh, projects. He proposed that through the use of small group self-brainwashing techniques, a more efficient form of fascist dictatorship could be established. The ratio invisibility of a horde of jackbooted enforcers characteristics of, we'll say, the Nazi SS or some sort of fascist jackbooted thugs could be reduced by creating fascist forms of small self-administrating community groups. What we're being trained for today is just that. Um, In other words, If you take a look at the individual's world, if you if it's converted into a controlled environment which conforms to such fascist structural reforms, the victim, the the normal person out there, their mind will discover that only its potential paranoid self provides it with the means for agreement with the controversial environment. What I'm saying is fascism is the world desired in the paranoid dreams of the id. Basically, they, I guess to, to kind of sum this up, they, meaning the people of Tavistock, the mind controllers, the Nazis, produce the playbook, at least in modern times, the playbook was produced at the Tower of Babel and before in the Genesis 6, I suppose. In fact, more appropriately then. And it's being refined today. Because what is taking place here, what they're looking at, what we're seeing is this. Rees and Tavistock had put together uh, their playbook. The establishment of a fascist political order. It's a Tavistockian model I often, often reference. And, and as Daniel Estelin in his fine work points out, there, there's, the playbook contains a series of steps. And, and compare this to what's taking place today. You break down the existing democratic or constitutional institutions. The military and police forces would be reorganized for civil action as they are right now today in the United States. One of the lesser known actions being readied by the government revolves around the replacement of ordinary state and local police forces by a national counterinsurgency police force modeled on Hitler's Gestapo. And, and such as the Royal Canadian Mounted Police is in Canada. Didn't know that, did you? At the same time, 
existing mass institutions would be destroyed by spontaneously organized insurgency. Local community control groups would be used to destroy the broad-based political institutions, and among the, these recruits, recruits to fascist community control, gangs and counter-gangs of terrorists would propagate crime and mutual terroristic confrontations. Both sides under the control and direction of behind-the-scene intelligence operatives. Exactly what we're seeing today. It's a programmed insurgency of gangs and counter-gangs mixed with pinches and doses of police-controlled terrorist gangs and create the political conditions in which the majority of the population more readily tolerate or even demand various degrees of military police government and and lo and behold there is your fascist democratic regime it's real simple problem reaction solution the Hegelian dialectic, of course, that we speak of, the Tavistockian model of mind control, birthed in modern, in modern times from the Nazi experimentation and, and molded into the Tavistock Institute. And now we're seeing this take place right now in, in terms of the nationalization of our police forces and we are watching a fascist regime develop and you know one of the things I want to mention too most people say fascist right wing we're so inclined to believe that fascism is all right wing no 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 it's not I mean, by definition, if you look up fascism, you understand, of course, what fascism is. It's the the improper melding of of corporatism and, and government. But does that not transcend partisan lines and, and ideological lines? Absolutely. You. The second part of this is you eliminate through subversion, through assassination. Through military in- intervention, through embargoes or popular and spontaneous uprising, uprisings, the regime that has outlived its usefulness. And th- then you appoint democratic civilian government. The appointed democratic government can now function only within the limits defined for it by representatives of the supra national agencies. This is really the Rees Lewin Tavistockian model. And this is what we're seeing today. This goes deeper than than any rabbit hole maybe that, that you're that that you've been experienced or that you've had experience with. And I'm not and, and perhaps you're listening to this and saying, oh yeah, I read that. Or I've, I've heard that. I've, I'm familiar with this. But once you understand the foundation here, you're less likely to be sucked in. And if you're a Christian who is paralyzed through, 
well, I call it paralysis of analysis. Do I defend my family? Do I go willingly to the FEMA camp? Do I, uh, do I surrender my sovereignty? You've got the answer. And even more pertinent, perhaps, now you know why you're asking the question. Because you've been programmed to ask that question. No and hell no. Should be the answer. Because, because simply put, as, as a Christian, as a male, or even a female, I'm sorry, I was speaking to male, the head of household, but, but if you happen to be a female alone, this, it's you too, okay? No, it, it's your duty, it's your job, it's biblical to protect your loved ones. There is no sin in that. Only when the Tavistockian model, and especially when that model is combined with trauma-based events, do you question stuff like that. And if you're really twisted, either complicit or severely like Patricia Hearst, perhaps. I don't know. I can just think, I can imagine how many people say, well, Patricia who? From where? Anyway, I guess you have to be a little old, uh, older to understand or to remember that. But unless you're complicit or, or, or totally gone, Will you, uh, I mean, you'll understand. You, you will understand. Or, again, complicit, totally gone, then you're going to be, uh, writing, saying, and, and, and reporting in a manner that will, shall we say, make you more compliant when the time comes. When that economic disaster that we're expecting here in the short term, well, Tavistock, Reese, others. The playbook of the Genesis 6 giants, the, the watchers, if you will, the, the spirit of the Antichrist has, has subjugated you. You want to know how far, how deep this rabbit hole goes? I just scratched the surface barely. The mind control. The people who walk among us right now. Don't forget back in the 70s, a cult movie they live. Remember that? It opened up. It was John Carpenter. Paul McGuire talks about this a lot. He wrote about it in his book, Prophecy of the Future of America. And don't forget, he's coming out with Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. I can't wait for that. But you see, in They Live, it, it was uh, just the, without giving away too much, is, um, sunglasses gave 
gave an individual the ability to see the reptilians or the, the, the monsters who walk among us. Let this information be your sunglasses. Because once you know the tactics, you can identify the perpetrators in many cases. And once you identify the perpetrators and the tactics, that gives you the edge up on fighting and surviving, and not just surviving, but even thriving in the times in which we will find ourselves in in the short term. I hope this is making sense to you. Because there are people walking around today. There are people who are sitting in the pews of your church. There are people who are sitting in the schools across America, in the the county and city council rooms who are actors, perpetrators, part, victims, if you will, and handlers of mind control from from the Nazi era. We're looking at third and fourth generation individuals who will at, at a given time, and, and maybe it will be when the economy collapses. Maybe it will be when something happens to a, a nominee or a government official or someone popular that the ghost signal will be given. You look around, you see a lot of ghost signals, don't we? I do believe with a nod to the broadcasting of Gary Bell from Toronto I do believe that the story about Johnny Depp is relevant here Alice through the looking glass. Let's look a little deeper on the other side. You're listening to a Memorial Day edition. Doug Hagman flying solo. I want to thank everyone for joining us, including me. Thanks for inviting me into your party. We'll be right back for the final hour. This is the Global Star Radio Network your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third and final hour of this Memorial Day 2016. That's right. Memorial Day 2016. What's Memorial Day 2017 going to look like? Anything like this year? Hmm. Interesting question. Can you feel the acceleration of time, of events? I, I certainly can. Things are happening at a rapid breakneck pace. And I'm going to accelerate the information now. So buckle in, because I'm going to go as deep right now into what I see taking place, what what I, I believe is taking place. And again, some some of you might say, oh, this is just reinforcing old news, but, but let's clarify a few things. And before I do, I, I, I often sometimes, you know, you listen to, um, the, uh, things during the break and I, and I heard the, um, the, uh, uh spot for my book, Stained by Blood, and it, ca- it just caught my attention. You know, although you hear it maybe a thousand times, sometimes it just catches your attention. And I'm thinking to myself, when I heard that, I'm thinking, boy, you know, again, if I knew back then what I know now, I would have understood what I was dealing with a lot better because this now, this hour, we'll be talking about maybe the people who are around you or the people who will become more relevant in the days, and I mean days, weeks, months ahead. By the way, I want to thank everyone who has ordered the book and has written an honest opinion on Amazon. It's really, um, it's really making a lot of good inroads. I've gotten a lot of great response this week. I'll be on uh, a radio show in Philadelphia. Um, I believe for 90 minutes or two hours, I, I pre-recorded uh, the interview. More on that on, on the website. But got, got a tremendous response from that, and and all of this has to do, even, uh, well, it has to do with mind control subjects with people, and, and it's it's really it, it when you really understand this, you'll see how we are all being gamed, and you'll see how easy it is for us to be subjugated by this tyrannical fascist society of all stripes. I mean, people of all stripes. And, well, again, thank you so much for ordering it. I, I had a laugh because I, I looked at some statistics and <laughs> one one woman, I, I, again, I just had a laugh, one woman um, who has is, is just been, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, but but she had ordered the book through uh, Kindle and uh, read the book. Gave me a kind of a scathing review, basically saying oh, I was all you know just made up, basically, and then returned it, sent it back. You, I, I guess you can do that. I didn't realize that you can you can actually return a, an electronic product, but got her money back. A Christian, of course, self-proclaimed. Go figure, right? 
I just, I, I, it, I, it just struck me as funny, you know, out of, out of every, I don't know, I, I just, I, I got a weird sense of humor, but I looked at that and I thought, man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on, are you serious? Anyway, uh, but I want to thank all the, all the great, uh, all the great comments about it and thank you. And if you, if you've ordered it, order it within the last couple of days or several days and haven't gotten it yet, you should be getting it any time. Uh, you can go to Stain by Blood, and uh, uh, I can send you out a, a uh, autograph copy. Or you can just go to Amazon and order it, download a, a Kindle version, or uh, order from there. But thank you so much for all of your kind comments. And I was asked, I was asked this past weekend uh, by by an individual who, well, who read the book, and we we I emailed this person back, and uh, basically. I was given a packet. I'm not going to ruin the ruin the book for you, but I was given a, a, a packet of information by someone at the end, and I never did disclose what was in that packet. Well, I did disclose it to a couple of people, but not publicly. I think Russ Dizdar. And uh, this individual said, you, you know, you going, are, are you going to tell us? I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, with hubris. I, 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 I don't know. I just don't know. I'm considering it, I suppose. Because this does get right into what I'm talking about right now. To, to give everyone kind of a starting point and to understand how, how how critical this is, this subject is of mind control, where we're at right now. And again, thank you for bringing me to your barbecues. Thank you for bringing me to your table, your homes, squad cars, even the firehouse firehouse in the midwest thank you so much stay safe out there and if you get a call just uh hit the archive but but what we're talking about here at its epicenter at the uh, at the very beginning the mystery religions of egypt greece india babylon really are at the forefront of what we're seeing take place today. One of the earliest writings giving reference to what we see as far as the occult is concerned, and what we're dealing with is essentially the occult. And and just to be clear, occult or occultism is hidden knowledge. One of the earliest writings is the Egyptian Book of the Dead. It's a compilation of rituals explicitly describing methods of torture and intimidation, essentially to create trauma, the use of potions, meaning drugs, and the casting out of spell, or the casting of spells, I should say, which is hypnotic in its nature, ultimately resulting in the total enslavement of people. And this is what we are being sub, uh, subjected to. 
these have been the main ingredients for part of occultism known as Satanism since the beginning. And therein lies the crux of the matter. Just some additional history, and again, I'm going to accelerate my information right now. The 13th century, the Roman Catholic Church increased and really shored up its dominion all across Europe. Um, we know it as the Inquisition. Satanist, Satanism survived this period, deeply entrenching itself under the veil of various esoteric groups. And, and we know, like, for example, the Illuminati. In 1776, there was a Bavarian Jesuit named Adam Weishaupt. You've all heard of him, if you've listened to this program at all. He was commissioned by the House of Rothschild to centralize power, centralize the power base of the mystery religions into what isn't really what we know, what we call the Illuminati, meaning the enlightened ones. And there was this amalgamation of the powerful occultic bloodlines, elite secret societies, influential Masonic fraternities with the desire to construct the framework for what we now know as the New World Order. And the outward goal of this utopia is to bring forth universal happiness to the human race. This, this, oh, we can make everyone like gods. But see, the underlying intention was to gradually increase control over the people, over us, thus becoming masters of the planet. We talk about a lot of things, including transhumanism. What I just said there, the our goal of this utopia is to make people like gods. Well, transhumanism, that's the end goal of the New World Order. If you're interested in, in, in this kind of thing, I'd urge everyone to take a look at the film called Dragon's Deception. Um, I believe it's by, uh, by a gentleman by the name of Scott Keisler. He concludes that the ultimate objective of the New World Order conspiracy, the, the Luciferian New World Order conspiracy, is to replace human beings with, with a post-human race of immortal cybernetic beings, a new race of technologically in, enhanced man-machine cyborgs. We see this today with the headlines, don't we? We see this... The, the, this this um, uh, striving for immortality. Oh, people can live to uh, 150 years old. Why are they doing this to escape judgment? It, it's a uh, it's this formation of a new race of tech, technologically enhanced man machine cyborgs that. Uh, in part is based on Old Testament biblical worldview. Um, There's evidence that indicates that the world system is controlled by this Masonic Illuminati Kabbalistic synagogue of Satan. So when we look at the Satanism, when we look at Satanism itself in the New World Order, we must be careful not to overlook the guilty, complicit accomplices uh, 
who walk among us. We can't blame everything on Satan. I mean, that's the origin. But there there are many complicit. What the heck are we talking about? Well, you know, when we talk about New World Order, what is it? Uh, essentially, it's, you know, well, one might ask, is it really, are you serious? Is there a tiny global elite plotting to take over the world? Or are you just really nuts? Well, you can say, and I'm sure everyone can say with, with authority, that, of course, there's a small group of initiates, the illuminate the the illuminated ones who are in this breakneck speed dash toward their one world finish line in in a sense well we they'll, they'll be exposed i suppose and by the time they reach the finish line but is it relevant is it going to matter because their plan is in such advanced stages that they think they can't be stopped, even if we catch on to their ancient plans and schemes, global events in the coming years are going to unfold in such a way, in the coming weeks, months, I believe, that much of the global population, they're going to beg for a new world order to step in and save the day. And among those are going to be Christians, too. The arrival of the New World Order, I must caution everyone, it's not the end game. Once they establish the NWO, it doesn't mean they win. No, that's just the beginning. And there's a lot of people out there who will, will, will push that, that theory, and it's really not an intellectually sound theory about the New World Order. And it's difficult at times to, to, to sort fact from fiction. i got to tell you, it's rough when you do this research because you've got to really understand the truth and, and use spirit, your, your spiritual discernment to, to really acknowledge the truth. It, it, um, it's, it's a truth, a discernment that we must get from outside of us, the Bible, for example. Again, what we're watching here, the arrival of the New World Order, it's not the end game, it's just a means to an end that's even more sinister, that the end consists of transhumanism, the death and destruction of mankind, and the creation of a post-human race. You see, I wrote an article titled, Life is like a box of chocolates, and, and uh, it's it's an interesting article. But but the bottom line is it's a it's a battle for your souls, and not just for your bodies, not just for your stuff, but for your souls because souls, that's what counts. And and most of us live, most people, I shouldn't say us, we live in a, a false reality type of matrix. We've been lulled into what can only be described as a spiritual trans-like state. Many people have been the target of a vicious womb-to-tomb psychological warfare program that blinds us from the truth. And how is this accomplished? You demoralize the psychosocial educational techniques that start as early as kindergarten and even earlier. And we see this happening through various initiatives from Common Core to, to 
even the changing of languages. And this is where the the social networking comes in. Social networking plays an important part in this. Pop culture, arts, entertainment has been weaponized. It's being used to brainwash us. The media, the, the Illuminati-controlled corporate lapdog media, these entities that deliberately muddy the waters of information to confuse, obfuscate, and distort, this is what we're seeing, too. Again, changing uh, words to mean things that they they don't mean. Gay. What what is a transgender? When when you stop to think at some of the the words we throw around so quickly and easily, where did they come from? And then when you start looking and following the, the breadcrumbs, you look down the the rabbit hole, you can see that we've been programmed. And we need a spiritual breakthrough. And this is what Paul McGuire and others are attempting to do. And and Coach Dave Dobmeyer, we need to break free, break out of the change of this false reality matrix. You know, if you go back to Genesis 6, tracing the Nephilim, the hybrids, the, the... well, what happened in Genesis 6, Steve Quayle's writings, we can see that the modern eugenics movement, the selective breeding that we saw being pushed by the Nazis, the, well, especially the Nazis, to create this master race of godmen, this is the essence of transhumanism, and as boring maybe, or as maybe not boring, but as crazy as this sounds, It's apotheosis. It's to attempt to be like gods. Now, you cannot understand what's going on in in the world today. Nor nor are you going to be able to understand what is going to come to pass without a proper understanding of historical events of Noah, in the days of Noah. And if you go back to Luke 17, 26... Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be in the, in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Genesis six one, for example, they explain explains. Now it came about when men began to multiply in the face of the land, and daughters were born to them. That sons of God saw that their daughters were men. Daughters, I'm sorry, that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whoever they choose. And if you go elsewhere in the, the Old Testament, Job chapters 1, 2, 38, and so on, uh, you find the phrase sons of God. Benaiah Elohim, for example, reference to angelic beings. Jude, verses 6 and 7. And, and I can go on and on and on, but again, I'm just going to hurry up here. What are we seeing? The Nephilim, back in in the day, Genesis 6 time. Uh, They were on the earth in those days and also afterward. Well, this merging of angels and women, giving birth to hybrid offspring, half human, half angels, this, um, this... chimera stuff, this uh, 
we're seeing it take place today through other means of course we read saw early on about the or recently about the uh, uh, merging between animal and, and man as an FYI talk to Tom Horn for example Chris Putnam and, and I've spoken with them and, and and they talk about alien encounters their their experience with the Vatican who the Vatican that will come out and say you know what we might have an alien encounter and if we do well we have to treat them you know and baptize them and allow them to be baptized and such but what this is in this case in that or in that particular case we're being duped we're being prepped to accept this alien race it's not interstellar it's interdimensional it's all in the context but but have you noticed how we're seeing all of this from the Vatican how we're seeing this kind of talk from the Vatican it's not new and again Tom Horn, Chris Putnam they point this out, Steve Quill has pointed this out expect some sort of revelation to take place to say hey Aliens, they walk among us. Remember, John Carpenter's They Live. Very similar. You know, figures I'm the only one here. I just knocked the switch off my desk. That silence you heard. Anyway, you go back to the, the period of Nimrod. When uh, Cush became the father of Nimrod, he became a mighty one on earth. Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord. His kingdom was in the land of Shinar. Dr. Michael, Michael Lake wrote the Shinar Directive. Shinar, of course, was located in the area now called Iraq. It means the land of the watchers, literally. Book of Enoch, although it's extra biblical, it makes reference to... Uh, uh, the various entities, and I'm not going to go into that. But you have to understand all of this. You've got to understand where we've been to understand where we are now and where we're headed. And and this is kind of where it gets... Uh, I'm going to kind of skip here a little bit in my notes. <clears throat> what do we know about Nimrod? Well, we know that... We know that he led a rebellion of the ancient people of Babel against God. We know that uh, that was embodied in the construction of the Tower of Babel. And if you go back to what Dr. Stan Monteith had, had said a number of years ago, Nimrod's spirit of re- rebellion represented by the Tower of Babel, that spirit's been around for the last 4,400 years, dating back to the time of Nimrod. And that was the origin of all the mystery religions what was the purpose of this? Back then, as it is today, and through all of the mystery religions, and you folks, I know you can name them all, just about, or you know about all of them. Why were all these mystery religions, these fraternities, these groups formed? 
That's right, to bring about one world government. It was Nimrod's dream. And they were building the Tower of Babylon. They never got it completed because God intervened. But Nimrod was a very evil person. He was a prototype of the Antichrist. And that spirit is the exact spirit we're seeing today that pagan Babylonian system and we see it manifest itself in well what's what's going to happen next Monday the church of Satan in Los Angeles it's a pagan Babylonian system that originated under Nimrod, but it was energized by real but destructive deceptive deceptive power of Satan's kingdom. You you see, the spirituality of Babel is important because it serves right now as a foundation of, well, it served as a foundation of all ancient mystery religions, but right now it's serving as the mechanism which the New World Order will be installed. And uh, Tom Horn, and, and I've had the pleasure of speaking with him about this. We he he outlined the the uh, doctrines of these ancient mystery religions. If you pick up tw- uh, Zenith twenty sixteen, he talks about them at length. If you fast forward to uh, the Nazis, and I mentioned the Nazis because it's it's important to understand their role. Nazi Ernst Rudin, uh, he, he was the mentor for Josef Mengele, the angel of death in Auschwitz, advocated eugenics, selective breeding. They picked up on the idea of creating an Aryan super race, and this became central to their mission. Now, notice I said eugenics because eugenics is a big part of currently of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. But people don't want to hear that. Instead, you got Patton Oswald and Samantha B on full frontal, an obscene reference anyway, by these pagan druids extolling the virtues of Planned Parenthood. Let's see, that's the spirit that's alive today. The Nazis. This is why we talk about it, because it's central. Creating a super race is central to that theme. There was a former uh, Satanist who admitted that Hitler believed that for every Jew he killed, he would be empowered to achieve his agenda. It, It was essentially a blood pact with Satan. Did you know that Hitler brought over a hundred Buddhist monks from the Tibet to Berlin to meditate around the clock <laughs> to keep channels open with the realm of the occult and allow the demon spirits to conquer or help him conquer the world? And uh, what we're seeing is this extension of the, the cult-based Nazi regime, the spiritual framework that we talk about from the teachings of Helen Blavatsky, the founder of the New Age movement, and of course Frederick Nietzsche 
don't forget Nietzsche is the founder of psychiatry modern day he was a, he was a real whack job the whole goal the supreme goal of the Nazis and, and others and other uh, groups is to create a super race of god like men just follow the bouncing ball of the various civilizations Anyway, the end game, folks, just to be clear, it's transhumanism. To create a post-human race, the lie of Darwinism, the perversion of eugenics, the Planned Parenthood, really from Planned Parenthood or from the Third Reich to Planned Parenthood, whatever, from the United Nations to mind control to pop perverse environmentalism, there is a common thread. Right now, it's transhumanism. It's a genetic revolution seeking to enhance the human species through managed evolution by the way of genetic, genetic engineering, mind sciences. It's the creation of a post-human race. How uh, How is this going to be accomplished and why should we care? I mean, what's going on? How does this apply today? Didn't realize, I was going through my notes, didn't realize how, how quickly time flies. You've heard of Project or Monarch Mind Control, right? You've heard of that. You've heard of Manchurian Candidates. Folks, you're going to see, I truly believe this, and it may not be celebrated as such, but you're going to see Monarch Mind Control Methods for programming Manchurian candidates for social violence in our society. Right? Whether it's at the conventions, whether it's post-conventions, whether it's during the elections or afterwards, or when a societal breakdown occurs, or regardless of the trigger event, there are people walking among you and among us who are Manchurian candidates. We saw this in the form, I believe, of Sirhan Sirhan. We found this, we've seen this in, in various other forms too. It's one of the best kept secrets in the history, in history. Monarch mind control programming. It, it uses trauma-based mind control along with state-of-the-art mind control to create people who are controlled by a handler without even know they're, knowing they're being controlled. It's kind of like many of your family members, <laughs> your friends. It's kind of a joke, but not really. This is accomplished by a, a very sophisticated use of the brain's ability to disassociate, which is used to the extreme to create multiple personality disordered minds. Russ Dizdar talks about this. This is kind of the genesis. or uh, Genesis? That's probably the wrong word. This is uh, where we get serial killers from, in a way. Psychopaths, true psychopaths. If you, there's an extremely technical definition of the, uh, monarch program. It was used by the U.S. Department of Defense. Um, 
code name for a subsection of the CIA's Operation Artichoke. It was also known as Project MK Ultra. You know it perhaps by any one of those. The technical definition, in this case misleading, because the monarch programming under various names, such as marionette programming, has been going on since the Nazis. And here's how it works, basically. There's a basic component. The basic component of the monarch program, it's a sophisticated manipulation of the child, a child. In particular, the children are used for this. Um, of the child's mind to protect itself from extreme trauma. You know, when you're a child, when you're young, if you see something horrible, you block it out or you, you compartmentalize it in your mind as a child. This is a protection. And and when we saw 9-11, especially those people who were directly involved in 9-11 in terms of being victimized by it, it was so incredibly traumatic. People jumping out of windows, planes hitting buildings. We all remember seeing this. There was a huge creation of multiple personality disorders. And how it's done elsewise is through torture. Torture on children. I had mentioned this before. We, how, for example, do we want to know how? Well, harmonics, frequencies, sound waves, they're used to manipulate the RNA covering the neuron pathways to the subconscious. Harmonic generators, ether waves, they're able to embed detailed commands which are linked to audible triggers. Now, it's interesting because this is one of the standard features of the Monarch program. It allows the people, the victims, to be controlled by trigger words, which, which, if you and I heard them, they might not make a doggone bit of sense. Or they, they might not carry any negative connotation to, to you or I. And I've seen this. I have seen this in my experience. I've seen this. Russ Dizdar has seen this. For instance, what about a song? In an article by the Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Project back in 1994, they referenced a song. Uh, Mr. Postman, wait and see. Well, that, that might set off an access sequence so that a victim living away from their master goes to their master or their handler. You want to know what's going to come in the end of days or, you know, as the end of days approach? You're going to see a lot of activation. You're going to see activation of mind control subjects. Well, what do you mean? What kind of subjects? Let me see if I can cut to my notes here on the subjects. I had referenced this earlier. One of the earlier programs. How about this? Uh, breakdown of uh, orders. I actually, for tonight's program, I've got 40, 43, 44 pages of notes. So let me find this, because this, um, this kind of cuts right to the heart of it. 
this right here. Hold on, people. We got it. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Another way of examining the convoluted victimization of someone, of someone's body and soul, is by looking at it as a complex computer program, a file, which is an alter, is created through trauma, repetition, reinforcement. In order to activate or trigger the file, a specific access code or password, a cue or command is required. The victim or survival is called a slave and the programmer handler who in turn is perceived as the master or God. And folks, about 75%, the majority are females since they possess a higher tolerance for pain and, and they tend to disassociate easier than guys. Now, the subjects are used mainly for cover operations, for pr- prostitution, for pornography, for involvement and, or and therefore involvement in the entertainment industry is notable. We've seen this in so many, so many examples. In the big picture, monarch victims are from all walks of life, whether it be from the, the least of, of people on the street to the highest of entertainers. They're chameleons. They're used as plants to, or, or chameleons for the purpose of infiltrating a designated group, gathering information and or injecting an ulterior agenda. It could be a church. It could be a patriotic group. It could be a political group. There's an, just an untold number of such altars or Alters, I suppose, or victims, survivors, with numerous backup programs, mirrors, and shadows. This is very interesting. It gets into pretty, some pretty deep stuff. Um, how, how do you know if you're dealing with someone who is a mind control victim and alter? You can ask some questions, or, or here are some here are some ways to identify whether someone is an altered personality, multiple person personality, or has been mind-controlled, programmed, I mean, really mind-controlled. A few of the internal images or things, things that are interwoven in the mind, in, in the main internal structures, of of a, a victim. There are multiple levels, by the way. Um, each system has an internal programmer, shall I say, that's kind of acts like a gatekeeper who grant or deny entry into different uh, rooms in the compartmentalization of the multiple people. But it, you can tell because there's discussion by these alters, by these victims, the survivors. Um, Things like the Kabbalistic tree of life. If you've ever seen someone draw, for example, a Kabbalistic tree of life in, a, in an odd context, 
or write ancient symbols and letters and just have a fascination and write with, write, you know, draw spider webs. I know this might not make too much sense at the moment, but how about a tattoo of a butterfly or a snake? You know, that fits so many people. Hourglasses in particular. All of these are uh, a way of examining and identifying this convoluted victimization of body and soul. People who are perhaps involved in or subject have been subjected to mind control. And it, specifically monarch programming. People who walk among us. Well, so what, you might say? What do these people do? And I had talked about this in an earlier program. Various people, alphas, for example, they're regarded as general or regular programming within the base uh, control personality. They've got a really pronounced memory retention. They've got a substantially increased physical strength, visual acuity. Alpha programming is accomplished through deliberately subdividing the victim's personality, which essentially causes a left-right brain division, allowing for programmed uh, for a programmed union of left and right through neuron pathway st- uh, stimulation. But these are kind of like the scouts, if you will, into an organization. Then there are people with beta orders. They're referred to as Beta is a sexual programming. It eliminates all learned moral convictions. There's no inhibitions. Can you think of so many? Can you think of some uses of the those programmed in beta? How about delta? Delta. This is known as a killer programming. It was developed originally for training special agents like the Delta Force, uh, Mossad, various other covert covert operations. Subjects are fearless. They're very uh, systematic in carrying out their assignments. But what Delta means is when when they're done with an assignment, they've got no compunction. They can just kill themselves. Suicide, self-destruction. Theta. Theta is considered to to the psychic programming bloodliners or those people coming from multi-generational satanic families are often theta programmed. These people were determined to exhibit a greater propensity for having telepathic, mentally, you know, telepathic abilities. Various forms of electronic and or electronic mind control systems were developed and introduced, namely biomedical human telemetry devices, electromagnetics, brain implants. Two more. Omega. It's a uh, omega is a self-destruct 
form of programming known as Code Green. One thing I want to let you know, anyone involved in the research of programming will find a couple of interesting names or consistent names. Green is one of them, uh, Green Tree, Green Bomb, which is German for Green Tree. Ways you could tell, maybe. Gamma. This is the last one I'm going to do. Gamma is a, is a form of self, uh, system protection. It, it's uh, deceptive programming, which really allows or provides the ability of the person being handled, or the uh, victim, survivor, if you will, uh, to... Uh, to misdirect the individual who is trying to investigate what's going on. This particular level is intertwined with demonology and can pop out at any given time. In other words, when you think you got a multiple personality or a multiple personality disorder individual or this DID person all under control, you really don't because Gamma Gamma has basically had the um, had you fooled it's the people walking among us right now when we're talking about 4th, 5th, 6th generation mind control initiates 7, 8, 9, I mean I don't know numerous, multiple generation initiates people walking among us right now you got to understand that the initial process of, of creating disassociation started from birth even before the womb <clears throat> electroshock treatments trauma of all kinds sexual abuse um, the mind splits off into alternate personalities from the core formerly this used to be referred to as MPD multiple personality disorder now it's called DID or Dissociative Identity, Identity Disorder. And it's the basis for modern programming. And again, the reason I'm telling you this is because we are going to see these people, see these, these soldiers, and Russ Dizdar references these in, in the, his book, The Black Awakening. These are the foot soldiers which are walking amongst us right now. So when the stuff hits the fan, with the economic collapse, watch for these people to be signaled to, to be active. And I know how crazy this sounds. I really do. And if you're an FBI profiler and you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, right, this is all BS, well, that's what you were taught to say. You know, I had mentioned about uh, Johnny Depp and Through the Looking Glass. Folks, many of the Disney movies and cartoons are used in a twofold manner. There's a a desensitizing of the majority of the population using subliminals and neuro-linguistic programming. There's this deliberate construction of specific triggers and keys for programming of highly impressionable monarch children. In other words, this is kind of like the the 
the bones of the system. There are there are movies, films, cultural iconic events that serve dual purposes. Aside from entertainment or what appears to be entertainment, this is the and I believe this is to be important. This this is actually the the mechanism. If you look at the well, a, a prime example of how subliminal programming works, especially in in movies like Disney movies, is by looking at the recent, or I shouldn't say recent, but one of the cinematic sensation movies, Pocahontas. It was their 33rd, Disney's 33rd animated movie. And, and if you know anything about Freemasonry, 33, of course, is the highest degree in Scottish free right masonry, or Scottish right Freemasonry. In that movie, the uh, grandmother Willow is a, is a mystical 400-year-old tree who counsels the motherless Pocahontas to listen to her heart and, and help her realize all the answers lie within this grandmother Willow again, the tree, is constantly ta- talking in doublespeak and using reversals, saying things like, sometimes the right path is not the easiest one. The esoteric derivative being the left path, or the path that leads to destruction, is the easiest one. You see where all this is? See how deep this goes? The imagery of the tree's branches, leaves, root systems, extremely significant. A willow tree can endure severe weather disturbances, storms. And it's known for its pliability, flexibility. So too can survivors and victims, or at least that's how they're programmed. There's a partial list of other mediums used to reinforce base programming of multiples and disassociative identity identity disorders. But but people walking around that have that are mind controlled by the by the intelligence, the perverse intelligence, criminal cabal within the intelligence agencies that was modern or in modern times that began in, in with the uh, uh mind control experiments of of the Nazis if you look at Stephen King interestingly enough who's come out recently and talked about Donald Trump and some other things and about some geopolitical events his many novels movies If you, if you look at insomnia, for example, it features a picture of King with the trigger phrase, we, we never sleep. It's indicative of someone with MPD or DID. It appears below a, an all-seeing eye. Other mediums used to reinforce base programming. Pinocchio, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Aladdin, E.T., Star Wars, Ghostbusters. This is good. Transfers to 
It's an interesting, interesting, interesting flick. Batman Bewitched. Even Fantasy Island. Um... Without getting into, I'm looking here at the uh, at the time. We are at the close of the program. I guess what I what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get through with this, the social engineering of the masses that's been taking place for so long. We're about to see. We are about to experience the end result. The end result is. Not just the dumbing down of the population, but the other part. And that's the infiltration for the intent on demoralizing and destroying God's people. And we're going to see this take place. It's starting now. If we haven't already seen it, but now in earnest. As I said in the beginning, an acceleration. I want to thank everyone who has joined me on this Memorial Day. And thank you for allowing me in your homes and into your backyards. Until tomorrow, may God bless. Stay safe. Good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.